What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, Locked on Dolphins. Today is Thursday, June 16, 2022. Power to the pod. Your questions, your topics, your hot takes, you name it. Today on the show, we're digging into anything and everything that's on your minds. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked on Dolphins. Lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, director of scouting at the draftnetwork.com. Your host here on Locked on Dolphins today is Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday, June 16, 2022. I want to thank you guys for making Locked on Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by Blue Nile. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry. From BlueNile.com, Locked on Dolphins listeners get $50 off purchases or $500 or more when using code Locked On. We are Locked On. So all the things that are on your minds here today on the show, it is Power to the Pot. It's our mailbag episode every week. We dig through all the things that are most pressing to those of you who leave questions, who tweet at me, who... Uh, send me DMs, who send me emails, who leave reviews of the show. I had one person send me a text one time. Uh, we kindly ask you don't. But, <laughs> hey, I admire the hustle and the passion for the Dolphins. So I'm not mad about it. I'm just saying. Easier ways for me to, uh, to read your, your questions. So let's start today by diving right in. We have several podcast review questions that we'll start with first. Some DMs, some tweets. We'll see where else the day takes us from there. Uh, the first question comes from uh, a non-flattering username, and he's he's joked about it now because this is a repeat question ear. Um, Stephen Ross and some a, a wish for what Stephen Ross should do with the Dolphins. Uh, from Australia, five-star review, um, potential free agent additions. Kyle, apologies for the name. I don't you know <laughs> you don't like saying it, but I can't figure out how to change it. Fair enough, touche. This might be a whole segment you do later in the offseason, but what potential players might not make other teams' 53-man rosters that you would like to add? This is uh, absolutely August content in a deep dive sense. But I can start to point out some position groups that I'd very much be interested in picking over the cuts. Um, and the objective with your cuts, right? You're either rolling the dice on a young player who was the victim of too many talented players in front of him and betting that player is going to become something he has not been to this point. Or... Alternatively, you're targeting older players who were cap casualties and are probably closer to the tail end of their careers, hoping you can bring them in to serve as lesser roles than what the team who had them was going to have in store for them. And obviously, you're getting them at a financial discount because uh, you are waiting for them to be released from their current contracts. So with Miami's current chapter, right, uh, of approaching building a team. 
I think you should probably get more of the latter than the former, but you can certainly find room for both. I think the position groups to watch would include offensive tackle, uh, possibly center. Uh, I do think if Michael Dieter's not going to be the starter and Connor Williams is going to be the starter, I think you're probably good at center with Dieter and, and Connor Williams as possibilities. Right tackle is certainly a spot I would be keeping an eye out for. Maybe running back, although I don't know that they carry that many. I think they have a numbers. There will be teams that are eager to pluck over the Dolphins' leftovers at tight end and running back, I can tell you that, after our cuts are done. And then defensively, I'd probably point to outside corner and linebacker as two position groups, and you can never have enough pass rush, but I do think outside corner, the depth there uh, with proven veteran talent, you could probably benefit for some more of that. And then at linebacker, just an opportunity to add somebody who who might be able to, to play a significant amount of snaps for you if you needed them to. Those would be the position groups that I would shout out, but I'm going to wait, um, Stephen Ross, f- until closer to uh, the actual cutdown date at the end of August to kind of get into who some of those names might be. Tim Trebo with a review and a question free agent inside backer love the pod love your insight you mentioned aj johnson as a linebacker you thought would be a good fit in miami with porter gustin signed reuben foster having being brought by and johnson still out there who is the one linebacker in free agency you would advocate for the dolphins to sign one of these guys or others geez okay so i can only get one of them Porter Gustin really doesn't move the edge for me as far as the inside backers are concerned. Uh, so I still think you, you do have a wide open opportunity there for to bring somebody in. Here's what I know. Uh, Reuben Foster, if he's healthy, is the best backer of the bunch. But we have not seen a healthy Reuben Foster in a long time. And if we're going to follow the same ideology as the last question that we tackled, which was, what are you looking for in waiver claims? Free agent addition should be the same thing. And I think a player who's probably a little bit more ready to contribute would be the path that I would advocate for, which would make Alexander Johnson or A.J. Johnson probably the name that I think is the most appropriate to suggest the Dolphins would benefit from signing. Um, I would love a flyer on Reuben Foster, man. He was electric coming out of Alabama. He was a tremendous, tremendous talent. And I think it's a shame we have not seen him live up to that potential. You want to give him a chance to do it in Miami? I'm all ears. Like, Let's make that happen, too. Uh, you, you think about Channing Tindall. Uh, Ruben Foster was Channing Tindall with, with instincts coming out of Alabama way back when. Our next question comes from... I'm not even going to try to figure out what this is code for. Um, as wet, no, a whole bunch of letters in the alphabet. <laughs> Left a review on the 10th. Question. Now, there's, a, there's a little bit of a lean-in. Kyle, been a listener for a while. Love every opportunity to learn about the Dolphins and how pro football works. First listen was you doing a draft breakdown of Odafe Owe from Penn State before the 21 draft. Was blown away at the technique discussed. In playing the position more than, oh, he's fast, he's a good player. 
Well, thank you. I, I say this often when, when I get this kind of feedback, but that's the best kind of compliment that you could provide me. So I genuinely appreciate that. Uh, as Wet's question pertains to Tua, so many comparisons have been made between the Dolphins and 49ers lately for obvious reasons, and therefore many comparisons have been made between Tua and Jimmy G. Despite the success Jimmy G has had, San Francisco still traded up for his potential replacement. What does Tua need to do this season to ensure Miami does not draft his replacement, or do you think his limited physical traits will eventually lead to his demise as a starter in Miami? Thanks to keep up the awesome work. Okay, two questions. It's a Tua question. Let me Let me brace myself here. Here's what I'll say. I think you can look at Sean McVay and the Los Angeles Rams. And I think you can look at Kyle Shanahan, the San Francisco 49ers, right? They're from the same coaching tree. Both of those teams hit a certain glass ceiling before deciding they were up against the glass ceiling. Miami is nowhere close to that proverbial glass ceiling that those teams hit. San Francisco, you went to a Super Bowl and blew a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter because Jimmy Garoppolo could not get you a first down. The Rams, with Jared Goff, twice led the league in passing yardage, made it to the postseason, and when you had to have it, you couldn't get it. One could probably make the argument, well, two and the Dolphins have had have-to-have-it, must-win opportunities against Tennessee and Buffalo late in the season the last two years, and they didn't get it. But I think there's room between what the Dolphins' current ceiling has been and what those coaches with those franchises found their glass ceilings to be, to be motivated to go out and make a change. So if the Dolphins this year go 8-9 and nine, or 10-7, and seven, and somehow magically managed to miss the playoffs again. I don't know that there's... Obviously, part of it depends on how Tua plays in that stretch. But if Tua plays sufficient football, and I think that's an appropriate way to describe a lot of what Jimmy G does, is he's a sufficient quarterback. Um, I would be surprised if Tua became the fall guy, really. Um, now if he completely underwhelms, I think it'll be very easy for this decision to be made, but both San Francisco and Los Angeles had several years of expecting to compete for championships and falling short of that expectation because in large part of quarterback play before they got to that point, I don't think Miami's close to that point yet. So for Tua's perspective, just go out, execute. Have the, the leap in play in production that we think you're capable of, and it'll probably be enough to inject some enthusiasm to continue more moving forward on the path that they're on because that's a large reason why they hired this coach was to build around a young court. So food for thought, sure. Maybe we get a ring out of it. That'd be swell, wouldn't it? If you're looking for a ring or anything else for the special moment in your life, you're looking for some fine jewelry, but you're having trouble with the shopping process, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7, available via phone and chat to help you with a, find a memorable gift at every budget. Make your moment sparkle 
with jewelry from BlueNile.com. Locked on Dolphins listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement jewelry. Use code locked on. That's code locked on. Plus, every order is insured. Ships free, arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. Our next question. Danny Leon. I believe it's Danny. It's D Leon in the, the username, but I believe this is Danny. Kyle, Mike McDaniel signals to you in the stands to call one play. It's fourth and goal from the nine. Down four points. Four seconds left against the Jets. Playoffs on the line. <laughs> okay. Personnel package is Waddle, Hill, Gisecki, Long, two at quarterback, and Chase Edmonds in the backfield. What are you calling? What am I calling? Okay, so I want to be able to have answers for as many different kinds of coverage opportunities that we might get as possible, right? It's from the nine-yard line. That's tough. That's a long down and distance to go. What I'm probably... I'm going to have some kind of protection... Or, or some kind of check in the event that they blitz you and, and come hot, that would probably have some kind of perimeter screen. I'm probably going tight bunch to the right. Going to go with a wide receiver on the left. Uh, it actually might be Mike Gusecki in this scenario. Uh, and I'm going to be in the gun. And I'm going to have a, a protection that has some kind of quick screen with a slot that, that kind of converts to a fade to try to get like a high-low, and, and you could take advantage if they get over-aggressive and try to jump the fade, but that's only in a zero-blitz situation. If it's a regular, uh, the Jets with Robert Sala are going to play a lot of zone, right? They're going to play a lot of cover three. That's the expectation. In that situation, I'm probably going to call something that has a progression to either side of the field. I'm probably going to run... Uh, circus to the ISOed receiver, which is you're going to run a corner route, and then you're going to have the running back run a flat. So you're looking to high-low uh, if you've got a cloud corner and you want to try and slot it inside of that. And then I'm probably out of the tight bunch to the right. I'm probably going to call a concept like a drive, uh, which has a shallow cross and a dig that bends in behind it. Uh, the objective there, uh, if you can isolate the linebackers in the middle of the field in the zone coverage. You can uh, let the linebacker drive and cut the shallow cross and try to throw the dig in behind it right on the goal line. And if they're going to play super disciplined, uh, probably the third player in that tight bench, I would call something that's probably going to be a short post. Uh, so it pushes outside and then comes back and bends back behind and trails uh, that dig route to try to find and vacate and maybe sit down in space. Uh, and the circus, uh, that, that corner route to the seven, uh, which is the, the seven routes, the corner route to the, the ISO receiver side, he's probably going to run a corner stop, which means if they're going to play super soft and the corner is going to sink off in cover three in that third of the field, 
obviously you can't run a straight corner. You'll keep running in, into uh, that defensive back. So I'll run a corner stop where he gets out of his break and runs his corner out. And then he's going to stop and pivot and potentially work back to the pylon. Uh, kind of run it like a hook instead of running to the back pylon. I'm going to have him stop and, and you could throw a spot ball if the, the cloud corner stays flat on the swing route to the left-hand side with Chase Edmonds. You could throw that to the pylon with Gusecki. So just kind of talk through. Uh, obviously, that's uh, I'm glad you gave me a team in the Jets to kind of talk through what you would expect to get from a coverage perspective. They're going to blitz me. I'm going to run. Um, man, I'd probably I'd probably like to have a, a slant route or something like that against a zero pressure situation or a sluggo, like a quick sluggo or quick fade instead of putting both Waddle and, and Hill on the same side of the field and putting Gasecki and asking Gasecki to run that. But, eh. eh. Hey, you know what? If they're running zero, it's a safety or a linebacker. I'm probably going to trust Mike to win that matchup anyway. So you, you'll get a lot more congestion to the, the, the side that has Hill and Waddle. So that probably got way more in the weeds than you were planning on. Um, but there's obviously a lot of layers and a lot of considerations that go into a single play call like that. So I don't have that language, uh, language or lingo readily available for what that would be in this offense, but those are the concepts that I would probably have on front of my mind. Ryan with a question. Kyle, listen to the show for a while. Keep up the great work. Had an interesting off-season show idea I was wondering about. Figured it's longer than the power to the pot question. If you want to look back at, say, the last five drafts with all of the Dolphins uh, picks in the same draft slots, but rather than following the draft, Dolphins draft board, if they just follow the TDM big board, uh, forget about position, need, or scheme fit, which players would they have ended up in each pick if they were just, would have just followed the public big boards based on who was available in each pick in the real draft as compared to who they actually picked? This is always a fun exercise, but it's tough to contextualize, right? Uh, because the Dolphins draft board with their scheme needs is different than the Eagles draft board, which is different than the Jets draft board, which is different than the Jaguars draft board based on the schemes that they run and the talent that they have that exists on the roster and the players that they have who are economically worth considering transitioning away from. So, yeah, I mean, I could sit here and tell you arbitrarily who was my 19th best player or my 18th best player in 2020 when they picked Austin Jackson. But I would probably rather look at it and see, okay, here's what the board looks like. And based on my personal rankings and my understanding of the Dolphins, who I would have picked in that spot for them. Thought about doing that for uh, the, the Tyreek Hill picks as well, which I think would be really interesting. Uh, Chad, Miami Dolphins. Kyle, who's your number one breakout candidate for the Dolphins this season? My money is on Jalen Phillips, an impressive rookie season, but I think he takes another leap forward as an elite pass rusher man wouldn't that be swell breakout player i think brandon jones is a good candidate on defense i think offensively um whoever settles in to be the primary ball carrier probably chase edmonds i think is a good candidate of course there will be people that point to two a tongue below and say there's an obvious opportunity there if he's healthy i think those are good candidates uh just like there's good candidates for everybody's taste buds over at Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. These things are high in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar. They have 100% chocolate on all of their bars. Right now, you can visit Bilt.com. Use promo code LOCK15 and save 15% 
off your next order. That is built.com promo code LOCK15 to save 15% off your next order. The world's most delicious protein bar. Our next question comes from Darren. Darren sent me a DM. Hearing a lot about Austin Jackson at right tackle, in your opinion, assuming that Connor Williams is in the center role, do you think a camp battle would come down to Liam Eichenberg versus Michael Dieter? If not, I'm interested in who you think has the solid chance to be our left guard. Also, do you think we go after a veteran left tackle as Tehran has a history of missing games throughout the season? Thanks for everything you do. Love your insight. And I, I am inclined to say that that you're probably going to have Liam Eikenberg and Austin Jackson in, in starting roles on this offensive line, at least to start the season. I think you could certainly benefit from leaving Michael Dieter at center and continuing to develop him as a player. He's been a player who is first season, he was a left guard. Then he redshirted. Now he's at center. You move back to guard? He could. But doing so effectively guarantees that that he's never going to settle into a single spot at all. I'd probably leave him as the primary backup guard. Uh, give these young guys that you gave a chance to start. I feel I probably feel better about Liam Eikenberg starting at left guard than I do Austin Jackson at right tackle. To be completely honest with you, uh, Liam was tested with length. He was tested with speed, and speed exacerbated his issues with length. And the pass sets really fell apart on him last year. You put him inside, his power on double teams can really shine. His athleticism as a tackle would be very effective inside a guard. You have bumpers on both sides of you that are going to protect you from the kind of spacing and reach issues that you had at offensive tackle. Whereas Austin, a lot of Austin's issues to this point, yeah, I mean, technically he, he's been frustrating and up and down, but he's also, from a play identification standpoint, been pretty problematic as far as seeing things in a timely manner. So that, for me, is always more scary. Maybe this is the year. Maybe year three is the year that it all comes together. I don't know. But uh, I'd feel... To, to be completely honest with you, I feel least confident in Austin at right tackle, even though the buzz and the steam right there is pretty hot and heavy that that's going to happen. That is going to do it for today's episode of Power to the Pot. I hope you guys enjoyed this exercise and trip down all of your collective thoughts. I know I certainly did as well. Make sure you keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins, your team every day. We don't just say it. We live it here on the Locked On Network. Thanks as always. For listening, fins up. Make it a great one. Talk with you guys again tomorrow.